0: Crisis communicators are made, not born. I'm Edward Siegel, a leadership strategy senior contributor for Forbes.com, where I cover the latest crisis and leadership-related issues, news, and topics. I'm also the author of the best-selling and award-winning book, Crisis Ahead, 101 Ways to Prepare for and Bounce Back from Disasters, Scandals, and Other Emergencies. My guest today is Mitch Miravitz a collegiate professor and director of the Communications, Journalism, and Speech program at the University of Maryland Global Campus. He'll discuss how the university educates students to be crisis communicators and the important lessons government and corporate executives can learn from its approach to crisis communications training. Well, thanks for joining me today on the Crisis Ahead podcast, Mitch.
1: Thanks for having me, Edward. It's a pleasure. Thank you.
0: So tell me, how is the University of Maryland preparing students to communicate about a crisis or, or manage one?
1: Right. So I'm glad, you know, that's a great question. And um, so our master's degree program, we have a master's degree in strategic communications, uh, total of 36 hours. And six of those hours are dedicated to leading and managing uh, crisis communication efforts. Um, I would like to also point out that the university does offer a master's degree in management with a specialization in emergency management. So there's a couple of, you know, we're developing uh, leaders in emergency management. And then also uh, my students are in the crisis communications arena.
0: Well, how much of the uh, instruction is done in the classroom versus online?
1: So, um most of our instruction is done online. Uh, would like to point out that on occasion, we do have hybrid courses, which are a mixture of online and face-to-face. Um, uh, but usually though, that, that is usually only in the first course, the foundations course uh, of, the, of the degree program. Uh, so the vast majority of our education is online
0: are students required to take uh, courses before they're able to enter this program?
1: So when they enter the, uh, the uh, obviously they have to have a bachelor's degree. Uh, and then their first course is going to be a um, leadership communications course that every graduate student in the university has to take. And uh, once they successfully complete that, then they can start the, start the uh, five course uh, curriculum in strategic communications. Uh, our students take five, six-hour courses in, in strategic communications so, uh, for a total of 30 hours in the, uh, in the field and then the six-hour uh, university course.
0: And what are some examples of the different types of crises uh, for which the students are being trained?
1: Yeah, so um, you know, that's a, it's a great question. I'm so glad that you asked that. Because I think that it's important to understand that as a university, we're, we're kind of focused on educating our students to deal with the unknown. We, we don't know what they're going to face when they get out into the work workforce. So we have to prepare them to understand um, theory, principles, concepts, procedures that guide the practice. uh uh, strategic communications uh, along with a heavy dose of ethics uh, because we believe that it's important that our students communication is a very powerful tool i don't have to tell you edward and so uh it's important that our students understand right from wrong when they're uh formulating uh messaging and communication strategies and so uh, we prepare them for that uh for what they're going to face in in the future so uh we prepare we don't pre- we don't use specific case studies we use case studies as exemplars as examples to give them an idea of how to um how others have approached the uh, the, the topics and so uh, what our students do is they actually pick as a team the crisis communications course is, is a team course and they'll actually agree on a client that they want to um, to uh, plan for. And so our the plans are as varied as the companies that the students choose. I think that um, we don't have to worry too much about whether or not they're up to date, because almost always the students are picking uh, companies that, are in the news or or have experienced a recent crisis uh, themselves um now to give you an example some of the the last class that we had uh, students uh, worked on southwest airlines Uh, topics included uh, uh, potential crises that they looked at were uh, worker strikes uh, product product failures um, scheduling issues Things that we are not, uh, we're not we're familiar with in in the news. Another uh, group in that class uh, picked um, Tesla and locking, uh, and they 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 considered c- potential crises. Uh, well, uh, crises that that uh, included a loss of uh, shareholder confidence, uh, battery shortages, uh, system malfunctions, um, and a third a third group. Uh, picked elf cosmetics uh and and they worked with uh and their 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 uh one of the crises they were looking at was uh skin skin reaction complexities that that, that they had so the students are are taking a variety of different kinds of uh of issues uh, of companies and 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 scanning the environment doing all the things that they're learning how to do in, in the coursework uh, to uh, offer them uh, a, a sound messaging strategy, a sound um, uh, s- communication strategy, and also uh, product development uh, as part of the coursework, as well as developing actual products for uh, uh, for the particular crises that they're that they're looking at.
0: So, do the students have free reign to choose any kind of t- crisis that they want to uh, take a look at? Uh, or do you provide uh, scenarios and examples for them to uh, consider, or is it a combination of both?
1: No, so yeah, that's a good. No, so the students actually pick their own. Uh, that's you know, that's part of the deal. Like in their in their final course, when they're taking their capstone course, they The 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 client that they pick is up to them, uh, and so it's not unlike it is in real life uh, where uh, you uh, if you're an, an independent practitioner. Uh, you're picking and choosing your clients. You're, you're scanning the environment and you're saying uh, these are clients that uh, might need my services. Right. And so that's what our students are doing. Uh, so, no, we don't um, we don't tell them what client to pick.
0: Give us a big picture overview, uh, if you would, Mitch, uh, about the program. Um, how long has this uh, been around? How many students uh, go through it every year and, and what's your role? okay
1: uh so um the program has been around since about 2020. uh there are about 300 students in the program about half of them are taking courses at any one time we offer courses four times a year and so about half of them are are taking courses at any one time uh and um my role is uh i'm the i well i'm I kind of developed, I developed the program. And so, uh, uh, so I'm, I'm the executive producer, if you will. (laughs) And I I developed the program. And then I worked with a a group of subject matter experts, scholar practitioners, uh, adjunct faculty, uh, consulted with other people in the, uh, in the academic and in the uh, work field, uh, work, work environment on the development of the course. What, what, what do students need to know? Uh, what, what are employers expecting graduate students, uh, master's degree holders to be able to do when they get into the workplace? Well, if an employer is hiring hiring a, 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 a public relations professional. Uh, what, do you, what do they expect that person to be able to do if they're holding a master's degree? And so um, we built the course around that uh, the course, as I mentioned earlier, has uh, five, six-hour courses, uh, and it starts with the foundations of the career field, uh, and that's where we, that's probably the most theory-like course in the curriculum, uh, and uh, we talk about the history of communications, strategic communications, and how it's evolved over the years to be, uh, to go from, uh, you know, public basically public relations or or publicists to public relations to uh, strategic communications that are working with the entire corporate uh, company or organization to put out uh, effective communications on behalf of the company uh so um so that's the foundations course and then they go from foundations and they have and then they have another whole six hour course uh, on uh product development you know the different kinds of products that Uh, They're that that they will have to produce. And also, since we expect them to be in a leadership role, since we believe they'll be in leadership roles, uh, they need to know what good looks like so that when their subordinates or the the people they're hiring or the or the consultants that they're hiring uh, uh, produce a product, they know what a good product is. And if it's meeting the uh, messaging requirements of the of the of the communications plan. So, uh, so they have a course completely devoted to uh, product development, and then there's a third course in management and leadership, and it's uh, uh, another six-hour course in um, all ask, you know, in in everything from working with HR to create and defend the need for a strategic communications organization inside of a uh, uh, of another organization. Uh, And if you're creating a new one, all the politics, you know, that are involved in convincing other elements of the organization that uh, you belong in there and and how you fit in with them, how creating a management plan, how you're going to work, how you're going to work with other elements of the company or organization and how you expect your organization, the communications organization to function. So that'll be the third course. And then the fourth course is the uh, crisis communications course, uh, the one that uh, we're talking about. Uh, and um, and here the students uh, work as a team because crisis communications is a team. <laughs> Everything we do in cr- communications is, is team effort, but especially so in crisis communications where everybody has to know what everybody else is doing. and And so they work as a team throughout the course. Uh, there is one project that is an individual project at the the end but um, otherwise everything is a team project and they have to uh, work as a team to uh, get all of the different elements of strategic crisis communications done within the within this framework of a a term of a 12-week term this is a lot to do and so um, they do all of that work, and then, of course, they have to come up with an evaluation plan as well, uh, both a formative evaluation plan, some, to help them to help guide their efforts as they're producing, as they're uh, implementing the plan, uh, you need to be measuring along the way in case you need to adjust uh, your messaging or your communication strategies or your tactics um along the way and so you have the formative part of evaluation and then you have at the end uh, after the business after organization has gotten back to normal uh you want to take some time summatively afterwards and uh take a look at what you did and what you did well and what you didn't you know what you can improve on so that's the crisis communications course and the very last course uh just quickly is is the capstone course this is uh where uh, the student takes on the role of project manager, chief communications officer, finds a client, uh, independent public relations professional, finds a client, work actually interviews the client, tries to understand the client's communications needs, and then uh, does, does everything that they've learned to create a, a communications plan and a measurement plan to go along with it.
0: Well, of course, there are lots of crisis communication classes at universities and colleges around the country. What makes your program different from how uh, others received their education in this important discipline?
1: So I think that what separates us is the fact that we have made an overt effort, built it into the curriculum to train not only expert practitioners but also to train tomorrow's leaders when a graduate from the university of maryland global campus is ready to go to work and lead a team of communicators to uh meet the either the corporate goals or if it's in an agency to, to lead a team uh, for you know, on behalf of a client. Uh, I think that's what separates us from almost every other uh, university. Very few of them that I am aware of, and, and they all have excellent programs, so don't misunderstand me, uh, but most of them are focused on creating that master practitioner. And uh, we uh, we, do fo- we focus on that, but we also wanna create tomorrow's leader.
0: So how do you determine what the basic curriculum consists of? um, Who makes those decisions? And how do you ensure that the content matches what the needs of employers are in the real world?
1: So we use a combination of competency-based and mastery uh, learning models. And that provides our students with a curriculum that produces... Not only masters of the profession, master practitioners, but also guarantees to our employers that they are getting students who are able to do the things that they need in the workplace. They need people who are master practitioners, but who also can lead other communicators in their uh, in their in their work. So our curriculum is specifically designed uh, to be able to, to do that.
0: And what about technology? Some aspect of uh, new and emerging technologies always seem to be a part of uh, the important tools that crisis communicators use to uh, tackle a crisis. Um, what technology such as uh, augmented reality um, is part of the curriculum for your students?
1: Yeah, that's a, a another great question, Edward, and I'm and I'm so glad you asked, actually, because uh, we are indeed experimenting with uh, these new technologies. Uh, we know for a fact that uh, that newspapers and other print publications are using, uh, or at least experimenting with the use of augmented reality uh, in their in their uh, publications, and um, the university has Leaning forward, and and in fact, we're very proud of the fact that we are like one of 10 universities that are uh, a part of an experiment that's uh, led by Meta uh, and and a consortium of other uh, 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 high-tech industries and platforms um, to look at virtual reality. Uh, So we are... Heavily, um, it, well, heavily, we're we're experimenting with with uh, virtual reality in the classroom, trying to ascertain whether or not it actually makes a difference, if it's helpful, and 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 in what ways is it helpful uh, to enha- you know, enhance student learning. And uh, I'm pleased to say that uh, two courses, uh, it's a two-year, we're it's a two-year experiment. We're in year one. And in this first year, two communications courses, one speech course and one uh, journalism course, uh, have been selected to uh, participate in the experiment. Uh, we're looking at a number of different aspects of uh, virtual reality in the classroom. We're looking at uh, social interaction, how does, how does uh, virtual reality um, <clears throat> affect the uh, social interactions among our students, as, and this is especially important for an online university. Uh, and and what, we, what we anecdotally have found, remember, we're, we're only in one year of, of a two-year experiment. One of the things that we have found is that it, it does seem to be um, having an impact on uh, student participation in the discussion sections of the, on- the online discussion sections. Uh, we It's too early to Be able to uh, say this scientifically, of course, but uh, we have noticed that uptick, and so uh, we're anxious to hear from other courses that are also part of the experiment, and uh, and to learn whether or not that is something that we can, uh, that we can, that will help us understand how uh, virtual reality can happen, help in the classroom, Uh, and then and then of course virtual reality. Then there is the actual immersion of of uh of uh, uh virtual reality the um the ability to actually get into the uh, environment lose uh, lose the sense of disbelievability if you will right and 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 just immerse the student in what's going on so that to them it seems so real uh, we know that uh, you know nursing students are, are taking a look at actually how to you know uh, perform the procedures that they perform on patients uh, and we have uh, built a um, or our building al- almost finished uh, a a crime lab there's a cadaver uh, 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 a cadaver room and then there's a for, for the now that's not the criminal justice students can use the cadaver room, but it's mostly for you know the nursing students and the other healthcare practitioners uh, students. Um, the criminal justice students are taking uh, advantage of a room that is being built. It's called a crime lab, and uh, it it, you, it immerses their criminal uh, justice students in in, um, in the kind of work that that they have to do uh, at a crime scene. Uh, pretty amazing, and then one of the things now, and and in, and one of the things that we're looking at, maybe you know, maybe next year, who knows? we'll see, you know. But one of the things that we're, uh, I'm entering discussions about, is having an interdisciplinary um, interactions between my communications and journalism students and the criminal justice students who are at the crime scene, so that the um, that the reporters, the news writing course, for example, uh, students can go interview, you know, go go to, go to the crime scene and interview the criminal justice students who, who are conducting the investigation. And interesting, because as you know, in, in 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 an ongoing investigation, they shouldn't be saying too much, but but we'll see.
0: <laughs> well, talking about and using technology in the classroom is one thing, but translating it into how it works in the real world is something completely different. Uh, Can you give us an example of how virtual reality or other augmented technologies could be used in a recent crisis, such as the Norfolk Southern train derailment in Ohio?
1: Well, certainly, uh, if we can build the environment or an environment that can be substituted for the train wreck, um, you know, we can actually bring the students there. And, and they can uh, look at, they can do everything but smell. Maybe someday we can do that, you know, but uh, they can look at, touch, uh, uh, and, and, and walk around uh, the, uh, the area and uh, get, a, get their own sense of what's going on, what's happening. And then they can interview, now at first, um, until AI gets a little more advanced, it's a little hard to have an AI um, uh, spokesperson, let's say, trains, you know, uh, uh, train company spokesperson talk to uh, my, my students. Uh, but uh, if we put the students in the place of the um, of the PR professional, uh, they uh, when AI allows it, they can be talking to uh, company officials, uh, and, um, get the sense of what actually happened, get, get the big picture by talking to the different people and then come back. They can come back to their offices. We, you know, we can set up an office, uh, uh, and, um, and they can discuss among themselves, uh, and put together their plan and then they can go brief their plan to the C-suite they can do all that stuff by virtual reality uh if once all that stuff is built right you have to build it first and so uh, once it's built then you can go ahead and do that and then the other thing uh, is uh, then we can put those pr professionals in front of the press and uh eventually uh Eventually, uh, it's beginning to emerge. I don't want, but it's not, you know, we're not there yet, but it's beginning to emerge, at least the ideas, the concepts, that we can talk to technical people to help build this stuff. Um, We can build a press conference area where the PR professional, the student, can give a briefing, and then get questions asked of it right now we we have to kind of depend on me and other live people to ask the questions you know as as part members of the audience but eventually why not uh have uh ai uh, artificial intelligence characters ask context related questions or i can preload questions you know and to have them asked so uh that will give our students such tremendous experience in actually doing the work of the PR professional without without the danger of screwing up, <laughs> right?
0: Technology aside, are there any other ways in which the students have an opportunity to practice applying what they learn to a real-world crisis situation, such as uh, doing a group conversation on uh on zoom or other video platforms or when they have an opportunity to meet in person doing uh, tabletop exercises
1: so in the online program typically the answer is no we encourage our our instructors however to host office hours and 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 where you know where they feel it's it's helpful to have a, a Zoom. There, all these instructors have Zoom available to them. The university provides Zoom accounts for all of our instructors, <clears throat> but it's not a part of the curriculum. Uh, the curriculum is online, and like I said, we're uh, experimenting with uh, VR, and um, ho- you know, hopefully with AR one day. Uh, right now, our focus is on VR.
0: What pointers do you think that uh, the government uh, executives and corporate leaders could pick up from how what the students are learning about crisis communications and crisis management?
1: Yeah, you know, I think that our students will get to their C-suite leadership and convince them to constantly scan their environment what is going on in their companies that could become a threat to the company uh, and in doing so they're also going to find things that are weaknesses and opportunities for those companies so uh, so uh, i'm very hopeful that our communications students when they get out into the workplace and come leaders in their communications organizations that they will be able to convince their, their leadership to scan the environment and to prioritize the planning efforts you know you can't do everything all at once we know that you know time is limited budgets are limited you have to be able to prioritize and so i'm hopeful that our students will help our c-suite leaders prioritize the issues that they need to plan for and address and then the last thing that I hope that they'll take, uh, that leaders will take away, practice. Once you've scanned your environment and you've prioritized your communications needs, practice, practice, practice. Because when the time comes that you need the Entire team. And like I, as you point out, Edward, in in your book and over and over again, crisis management is more than just the communications effort. It's everybody working together in the organization to solve whatever caused the crisis, to solve that problem and get back to work as normal as quickly as possible. And if your team is not used to working with one another, If the only time they ever see each other is when they're in a crisis, they're going to make mistakes and they're going to say the wrong thing. They're not going to keep track of of uh, some communication, you know, some news reporter calling in and asking a question. There's something, you know, they're not going to be coordinating their their answers. And that leaves the public. Confused. (laughs) And. Unsure. And and depending on the crisis, you know, perhaps a little, you know, afraid, certainly concerned. And so. Um, I hope that our leaders take away the need when their communications professional comes to them and says, you know, we need to practice this, that they set aside the time for the company to practice
0: do you think the students would face the same challenges in the government sector as they would in the private sector
1: oh absolutely many of my students are in the government sector and so uh it's you know uh not unusual that um that the pro- that the topics that they might pick could be uh, government related topics
0: I'm afraid we're almost out of time, Mitch, but uh, what, uh, as a last question, uh, what's the most important takeaway about how the University of Maryland trains the next generation of crisis communications uh, that you'd like to share with our listeners today?
1: I would like to share with them that communications needs to be strategic. And we teach that to our students. And they practice that, and they are getting uh, students that um, are practiced in helping their organizations identify potential crises, planning for them, and of course that means planning for everyday work as well, right? I mean, everyday kinds of uh, you know kinds of activities that that come up, but. Uh, it, it, but planning that these, our students are expert in planning, they're expert in product development, they are they understand how to uh, evaluate and make the next one even, the next plan and implementation even better.
0: Well, Mitch, I really enjoyed our conversation today and thanks again for being on the show.
1: Thank you, Edward, it was a truly
0: a pleasure. That's it for this edition of Crisis Ahead. My guest today was Mitch Meravitz, a collegiate professor and director of the Communications, Journalism and Speech Program at the University of Maryland Global Campus. Be sure to come back next week for more advice and insights on preparing for, managing and recovering from a crisis or subscribe to Crisis Ahead wherever you get podcasts. Each week I interview government officials, corporate executives, and experts who share their advice and insights about a variety of crisis management and crisis communications related topics. Recent guests have included Jay Johnson, the former secretary of the Department of Homeland Security. I've also interviewed Isabella Guzman, the administrator of the Small Business Administration, and officials of the Department of Defense and the Federal Emergency Management Agency. Future shows will cover such timely topics as how and why CEOs should be seen and heard during a crisis, the importance of trust when responding to crisis situations, and how to measure your organization's vulnerability to a crisis. Be sure to read my articles about crisis-related issues, news, and topics on Forbes.com, where I'm a Leadership Strategy Senior Contributor. Remember, it's not a matter of if a crisis will hit your organization or company, it's when. And the sooner you are prepared for it, the better.
1: Produced by HeartCast Media